Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. Today, I have one of my business besties on, Stephanie Dreyer, and she has seriously helped my life, saved me time, saved me headache, because she has helped us with meal prep. Stephanie Dreyer is a meal planning expert and the founder of Batch Cooking Club, a weekly plant-based meal prep membership, and she helps busy parents make dinner easier by providing weekly meal plans and recipes without time-consuming prep so that they can enjoy healthy, homemade meals with their family without having to think about it. She's affectionately known as Vig Mama on her social media feeds, where she shares cooking tips, videos, meal planning tips, recipes, and more. Not only that, but Stephanie is also the award-winning author of the vegan picture books, Not a Nugget and Not a Purse, which are both available on Amazon and in the show notes so that you can check them out for your littles or to give them as gifts. Stephanie lives in Los Angeles with her husband and three children who are not vegan. So she is a pro at balancing her vegan lifestyle while feeding the rest of her family and loves to help other families juggling the daily challenge of making healthy homemade meals. I have had so many people ask me about how to save time and make meals and want to be healthy and all of the things that we juggle as mom entrepreneurs. And I'm always like, Hey, I am not an expert here. I found Stephanie and I have taken her batch cooking club membership and I literally pass it off to Colin, my husband, and he does the cooking. So Stephanie is my secret to making this process so simple, bringing variety that I would never come up with to our meals. And it's freeing up a lot of mental space for me too, because I don't have to constantly scour Pinterest asking what should we eat this week, which I think a lot of us can relate to. So Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. I know you have some major tips and tricks to share. But before we get to that, can you share with us your mompreneur journey and walk us through high level from your business timeline, how you got started, the major steps you took and where you are today? I would love to. Thanks, Megan. So excited to be on the podcast. And I love this term mompreneur. I never thought that would be me. My background is working for big companies. I've always had a boss and then I had kids and was trying to figure out how to do the juggle and what I really wanted and Mm reevaluated. So my oldest now is 17, about to go off to college. So over the last 15 years, from when she was one year old until just about two years ago, I've really been on a journey from being this corporate person to a part-time consultant, part-time mom, and then freelancing, and then launching my own business. And that's where I am today. I launched my business just two years ago. It was end of January, 2020, right before COVID hit. And it was not something I planned. So over the course of this time in my corporate career, I started out in marketing. And so that's my background. And then as I had kids and I was trying to figure out how to juggle it all, I started freelancing and consulting and marketing. And then during that time, I went vegan. My oldest was about six at the time. And I had a three-year-old and a Mm one-year-old. And it rocked my world. So I was not thinking anything of being a mompreneur. 
but I went vegan. And over the next two to three years, I started needing connection for that vegan lifestyle. And 11 years ago, when I became vegan, it wasn't as I would say accepted, or it wasn't as mainstream. It's, you know, kind of buzzy now, plant-based, vegan, all this kind of stuff. And really, I, even to this day, I'm pretty much the only vegan in my social circle, definitely the only vegan in my family. And I was really struggling to connect and was driving my friends and family crazy, I think, with listen to me talk about veganism. So I started an online platform and I really did this for myself. So this is about seven years ago. And I was doing this in conjunction with my corporate freelance and part-time gigs that I was doing along the way. And it was really for me. Mm -hmm. I started taking up my passion for writing again. I took some classes at UCLA and that's what led me to write my picture books. I had my blog that I started with sharing recipes. I've always loved to cook. Family meals have always been central to my family values. And I was struggling terribly at how to live vegan and how to feed my family at the same time who wasn't vegan without having to make multiple meals a day. So that started my journey and I didn't know it then. I didn't know then, but all of that mess, all of that struggle was gonna lead me to where I am today. So two years ago, I'm doing the part-time freelance Mm -hmm. thing. I'm actually at what I thought was my dream job. And for the last seven years, I've built an online presence, a community, a blog, connections with other influencers, connections with brands. And people would say it's a hobby if you're not making money off of it. And that's really what it was for me. And I kept thinking, well, do I want to make it a business? Will I love it as much? Mm -hmm. Well, here I was at what I thought was my dream job, working for a huge plant-based influencer, New York Times author, this amazing woman, and doing what I love, like I wish I was doing for myself, not even really thinking about it. And then I got laid off unexpectedly. She was downsizing her company. And I sat there going, huh, I could either go back to freelancing, Mm -hmm. doing social media, marketing, all these things I've been doing, or I could finally launch my business. Mm -hmm. And right before I started working for her, I had been called to do these batch cooking classes and I was doing them in my home and I was really doing them just for fun. And people were asking me, how do you get these home and meals for your family every night? And I was like, well, I can teach that. So I did, I was teaching in my house and was overwhelmed with the response. It was like transformative for people. I was getting texts the next day, emails, calls, like do this every week, please do this every week. And I was like, I can't do this every week with my job. And so I put it in the back burner, but when I got laid off, it made me go, huh, there's something there and doing weekly cooking classes was not going to be scalable for what I needed to do. And so I came up with this idea of batch cooking club to make it a more scalable business. That was a digital membership, but still allowed me to teach people my system, Mm -hmm. give them the recipes and teach them how to feed their family without spending a ton of time in the kitchen every week with not having to make multiple meals. So I got laid off at the end of July. I took some time off to kind of regroup in August and started working at it between September and January, launched at the end of January of 2020, and then COVID hit. So 
It's been a rocky journey. I'm still learning lots, but it's been the best decision I ever made. And I have to say, I never thought I would be a mompreneur. And now there's no turning back. Mm -hmm. Building a legacy for your family, having the freedom to live life on your own terms Mm -hmm. and full disclosure and full transparency. I'm still figuring it out. But it has been an amazing decision and I don't regret it for one second. Mm-hmm. I love your story and I love hearing this. And I've said this a couple of times in some recordings now. I love hearing these stories of the gradual transition and for you that aha from corporate to mompreneur. As I've mentioned, I was raised by a family of entrepreneurs and mompreneurs. So for me, I knew the aha that you have now from a very young age. For me, there was no other path. I couldn't even consider corporate. I tried it and it was not for me because I knew the other option out there. And so I find it fascinating to connect all of those dots to see like you started corporate full time and then your kids came and then you kind of weaned. If you look at your timeline, you went from corporate (laughs) to consultant to freelance to full time on your own thing. And you slowly gradually transitioned out, which makes sense, especially because your job before becoming full time was a vegan influencer, and now you got to do it for yourself. The other thing I love that I wrote down in bold, in all caps, is that you needed connection. And that is something in episode number eight that we talked with my sister-in-laws, Jillian and Jordan. They launched their own calligraphy community, which you had the uh, opportunity to meet them at one of my workshops. And their story and your story, and I think the story of people who create great communities is that it comes from you having a desire and you needing it. And that's where the passion really comes from and the longevity, I think, in it. You know, you've been doing this for... You said two years you've been doing it full-time, but seven years ago is when you started the community, correct? Yeah. Okay. So for seven years, you've been doing a community. That's a long time to do a community. Most people, if you weren't enjoying it, would be burnt out or exhausted or, or over it by then. And you've continued and you still love to do it. And I think it all goes back to your need for connection and your ability to take what you have found out and translate that into helping other people. And I know it lights you up because we're business besties to be able to help other people (laughs) and guide other people. But also I think something that you seem to be getting out of it that I think a lot of us mompreneurs do is that mission and that legacy that you mentioned, that you have this mission and you have this deep desire to help other people in their mission of living vegan or needing to be vegan, whatever their case is. And so you're helping people through that. And that's a really cool legacy to leave for your kids, for them to be able to see you did this and you helped all these people. Like my mom did that. I know that was really important for me on my journey. So I just love hearing people's stories and I love seeing all the dots connect of the past to the (laughs) present, which again, hindsight's 2020, obviously in the moment, it doesn't feel like all of that, but no, (laughs) hearing the story all together is amazing. One thing I did want to ask you though, In terms of becoming vegan, was that you needed to become vegan or you decided to become vegan? I'm just curious. No, I decided. So I was actually vegetarian for five years through my first pregnancy. And then up until I was eight months pregnant with my second child, I went vegetarian and then vegan for the animals. I was just compelled by information I came across and and learned. And then somehow I became so disconnected when I was eight months pregnant with my second daughter. Mm I craved meat and I just decided to eat it. And then it's just like I ate it and I just never looked back, obviously very disconnected with my initial reason for going vegetarian. 
Then I was nursing. Jake was a one at the time and he was starting to wean from breastfeeding. Uh I happened to be reading a book called The Kind Diet by Alicia Silverstone that my sister recommended to me because I was feeling very uncomfortable in my body Mm -hmm. and icky. And it wasn't the baby. Like, of course, I had a few pounds, you know, from the baby and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But it was more of this internal thing. Like, I just don't feel good. There is this ickiness. And I was thinking about going back to being a vegetarian. And I read this book and she outlines the dairy farming industry, which when I was vegetarian, I used to have the worst opinion of vegans. I would be like, they're crazy. I could never give up cheese or ice cream or whatever. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I read this book and I am like instantly transformed because I made the connection between mama cow Mm -hmm. and her baby and me nursing my son and going, this milk is for him. That milk is for her baby. And I went vegan overnight. And by the way, I do not miss cheese or ice cream. I still have all of that, but here I am and I'm going strong now. So (laughs) I I was just super curious, you know, we became friends. I was looking for something to make dinner easier. We have two under two. So I was like, sold. We have kind of naturally just gone pretty meatless. We don't tend to buy it before you and I had met, but Colin has all of a sudden developed a lactose intolerance. And so it was just kind of like a win-win when you told me that yours was vegan. I was like, cool, we're game for eating, whatever. We're always game for trying new stuff. And now we don't have to worry about him and taking a dairy pill and like all that stuff. It's just, we always know it's safe. And guys, let me tell you whether you want to be vegan or not either way, like I said, we go either way, but her recipes taste just like you're having the real thing. I've told all of my friends about your vegan ricotta recipe. I think it tastes better and is less scary because sometimes I get freaked out about food. It's like less scary than eating real ricotta and it is just as good. And it's made out of tofu, which you wouldn't think that that would taste at all like ricotta, but guys, it's, it's awesome. So I just was curious on your story there. Cause I think, yeah, you're right. I know in the Midwest being a vegan is, I don't know, not as, not as well known or knowing all the information behind it. It's similar. We tend to be a little bit behind over here where we live (laughs) and you're in California. So I know you guys are a little ahead of it. We had lived there before. So we know that, but anyways, I just wanted to hear your story. So let's hop into your expertise. We want to hear, tell us how we can save time while still giving our families healthy meals, but not bogging ourselves down with becoming a chef at our house. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And I think one of the first things I would say to do is make a plan that works for you instead of that creates more work for you. Mm -hmm. But what I mean by that is you can buy these meal plans online. You can do these different memberships, but if it doesn't work for your schedule and what's going on in your life, then it's not going to work for you, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to make more work for you. So the first thing that I recommend, even in my membership is once you get the plan, block out, and I'm talking like 20 minutes, I'm not talking hours Mm -hmm. here, block out 20 minutes, just like when you plan your week, you look at the end of the week, you map out whatever appointments you have, work stuff, kids stuff, whatever, social engagements, take some time and look at what your dinner prep time is every night. How much time do you realistically have to dinner prep on each particular night and block that off? And based on that, that's going to tell you what type of meal you can make for dinner and is going to guide you to say, okay, I need to prep this, this, and this ahead of time 
on the weekend so that on these days where I have, you know, limited meal prep time, I can still get a homemade meal on the table. So that's my first recommendation is to really start with how much dinner prep time is. Don't start with, Ooh, this recipe looks good. And that, because you know, that's great. You want an arsenal of recipes and then you can plug those in based on the time you have. The second strategy that I would recommend is I'm all about the batch cooking, but that means different things to different people. And I say it's small batch cooking. I am not about spending five hours on a Sunday or even spending a whole weekend to make all my meals for the month and freezing them. Mm -hmm. No, I actually enjoy cooking. Mm -hmm. It's something that I can relax and do at the end of the day, but I don't want to spend a ton of time in the kitchen. Usually I want to do a little prep, but I don't want to take forever. Right. So pick some things to prep that are going to give you the most bang for your batch. So that might be two salad dressings for your bowls and salads for lunches during the week. And it might mean overnight oats for breakfast all week, smoothie bags. So you can throw the bag in the blender in the morning and run out the door. It could mean a marinated protein that all you have to do is bake because it's already marinated. It could be a sauce or that ricotta you were talking about that all you have to do is fold it into your pasta So just a few strategic things on those days where you need the help the most. So you're not struggling. And then my number three strategy that I would recommend is I have a family who's not vegan, Mm -hmm. but I do not want to make more than one meal to feed everybody. Mm -hmm. So I take that into consideration in my membership where I'm very strategic, where the meal is plant-based at the core. But then you can always have other options or have other proteins that can be added in for those non-vegans in your family. So I know there's people out there who might not be plant-based, but we've all dealt with picky eaters or mixed dietary needs. Like you said, your husband's got dairy issues, whatever it is. Maybe there's gluten issues with somebody or just picky eaters, Mm -hmm. right? So my recommendation is food bars. Think of tacos, for example. Mm -hmm. That's a great food bar idea. You could have two different proteins and then you have all these toppings or other things that they can add in that meet everybody's expectations, right? If this one likes olives on their taco, this one likes green onion, this one likes cabbage, whatever it is. And then the sides are the same. You have rice and beans, Mm -hmm. but you made one meal and you pleased everybody, right? You can do that with just about anything. You can do that with panini bar. You can do that with a pasta bar and you have stir fry. There's so many different options. So that's a strategy I like to recommend to people who have dynamic families when they're trying to feed a lot of people is start with a base meal that's in this food bar family Mm -hmm. that can be adapted to feed everyone without having to make more than one meal because Mm -hmm. I'm done doing that short order cook stuff. (laughs) I will never go back to that again. Yeah, I love that. And the one thing about the bar setup, which I think is genius, is how it can also save you time. Because if it's more of a bar setup, let's say like tacos, well, if you really need to save even more time, like me with two under two and not wanting to cook, I can order stuff that's already pre-chopped. So I can do the base, but I could buy shredded lettuce or I could buy diced tomatoes or I could buy diced onion and I can spend a little bit more. But when I think about the trade-off on my time that I would take and my eyes crying from the onions and (laughs) all of that, I can save even more time. And when it's a bar option like that, I just have to dump it in the bowl. Everybody grab what you want. And I know you're all about that family experience and how we need to put our stuff away. And that's the beauty of 
making a healthy meal that we can sit down and eat with our family. Cause that's where all the connection happens. And so how much more fun is it when it becomes this activity that you're doing? It's something else to look forward yeah. to, like what kind of cool new setup are we going to have today? So I think that is genius. The bar setup. Thank you. And I actually have one more for you. One more idea or strategy. Bonus tip. I love it. <laughs> Bonus tip. So if you take that concept of the food bar, you can take it a step further to put it on autopilot even more. If you come up with a few types of meal ideas, like taco night, say that's every Tuesday, you can make the same taco every week, or you could rotate different types of taco recipes, right? So if you can come up with however many nights, say you want to commit to four nights a week of making dinners, four different meal ideas, you can actually create your own custom meal plan that you can then rotate different recipes in and out of every week. And if you want to get really fancy, you can make two different ones so that every other week you've got different meal ideas. But if you can make a long list of like eight to 10 meal ideas, you can plug those in and really take all the thinking out. And then the other thing that I recommend to do is keep a family favorites list. And you can do this on your phone. You can do it in the kitchen. But whenever there's a new recipe that is a hit with the family, add that to the list so that when I'm putting my meal plan together and I pull out my little template, I'm like, oh, I need an idea for this week's Italian night. I can put, oh, you know what? They really loved this one bake pasta I did. And you can have that ready to go and you will be surprised. Once you have a list of over 10 things, you're not eating the same thing over again. You're rotating everybody's favorite things. And I mean, that's a win-win. This is something I actually do Mm one-on-one with people in my meal plan audits. I love it. I geek out over it. It's so much fun. For sure. (laughs) No, I know that since we started your membership, we have just been open to so many more recipes, like stuff that I wouldn't have found on Pinterest. But the other thing I love about your membership that we have adapted. So we'll look at your recipes. She's got like a soup section and a protein section and a side section. And so I'll just start with the proteins and see what looks new and exciting today. Stuff that I would never have out <laughs> for myself. And we will choose one thing and see how many different ways you've used that. I'm going to give everybody an example. You have this tempeh picadillo recipe. And it's spicy-ish, I would say. It lends itself a little bit more like a Mexican feel, I feel like. So we made a lot of this one tempeh picadillo protein, but then you shared how you can take some corn tortillas, toast those and make it like a taco, put some avocado on it and you're good to go. But then you also turned it into sloppy joes, which (laughs) blew my mind. And so all I needed to do was get out the burger buns and take that same thing that I made and put it, and it tastes completely different. It's like a sloppy joe and a taco. Those are two different things, but we only had to make one bigger batch of a protein. And so some weeks we do that where we look and we batch one big thing. And then that night just add it to whatever. But then we've also been, like you said, that step number two, small batch cooking with your weekly meal prep menus. So each week she comes out with a menu and it has everything. It tells you your whole shopping list. It tells you what to make, when to make it and uses multiple things. So that's where the tempeh picadillo sloppy joes and tacos came from because they were in the same thing. And I was like, this blows my mind. And the beauty again of all of this, especially fellow mompreneurs who don't want to actually do the cooking, I'll go through, I'll see what am I interested in? What would my husband be interested in since our kids aren't really eating our meals yet? 
And then I'll send it all over to Colin and say, okay, this is what we're eating this week. I ordered it all on Instacart. So it'll be here. And as soon as it gets here, please make it because I'm hungry. <laughs> so I love that it. support, like you said, and that outsourcing and figuring out what works for you and your family. But there are so many different ways that you can use this type of technique and it just has made our lives so much easier. Like I said, two under two is not easy when it comes to dinner time. And we are making one set of meals for the kids, but then mom and dad get our extra delicious, healthy, feeling good meals. And it's been awesome. Oh, I love it, Megan. You just made my day. Thank you. Thank you. I love to hear how you're using it and how it's working for you. Mm -hmm. And that just brings me so much joy. Yes. So real quick, let's recap the steps. And then I want you to go in and talk about how you can help people do this if they don't want to go through these steps themselves, or if they still feel like I just need extra support. I want you to go through your audit and, and talk us through that and the membership too. And we'll again, link this all up in the show notes. So step one to make your life easier for meal planning is figure out what time you're going to do your prep and how much time you have and allow that to start dictating the recipes that you're going to make. From there, we're going to do small batch cooking. So probably four to six recipes, unless you become a pro like Stephanie, then you could do a little bit more <laughs> that you're going to rotate through because we really want to get the most bang for your batch, as she says. Last but not least, we have your bar set up, that base meal. And this really helps when you have people who are not vegan or other dietary restrictions. And so having your base plus your toppings and your sides, and then that bonus tip of rotating those themes and those different types of bar setups with a bunch of different recipes, that family favorites list. So you're always having variety, but you are allowing this to work on autopilot. We don't have to think about it. Did I miss anything exactly. else in your process there? That was perfect. Yay. I love it. Yay. Okay. So <laughs> now we know the steps. Walk us through how you support people and how your audits could help somebody get this all set up without having to do it themselves. Yeah. So, okay. Obviously we have the membership as you mentioned already. And in the membership, I do weekly Q and A calls. So there's coaching going on every week. You can have access to me and I can help you. I always give everybody a little accountability push to be like, okay, did you set up your time to do your plan? Did you set up your time to grocery shop? You know, just keeping you on track. But if you want a little bit more hands-on, like somebody to kind of set it up for you and say, okay, how do I do this specifically? I have meal plan audits and they're private one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions where we spend about 90 minutes going through and looking at what your current system is, what your current plan is. Like I geek out over this it's because I really get into the specifics of what your dynamics are. Mm -hmm. And I've pretty much heard it all. I even did a chef mm -hmm. who was bi-coastal. So we did two plans for her. So when she was home with her family and then when she was out private chefing over across the country, I mean, it was wild. Wow. So, I mean, I've done these for all types of scenarios. Wait, we need to pause right there because <laughs> people need to know you were helping a private chef, like she yeah. cooks for a living and you being the expert that you are, were helping her make her meal prep plan, the thing that she's trained to do easier. So I just feel like we need to just hit on your expertise there. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was wild. When she got it, she was like, this is crazy. She goes, I'm going to use this in my business. I am going to organize myself when I do my private chefing. So it was, I felt very very loved by that. So I get all into the specifics and we map out a template, not just for dinner, but for breakfast and lunch too. And we come up with categories and themes that you can rotate in and out. It's a working document so that you can go in and edit it on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. And then we also set up 
your system, your weekly routine and system. So when you're going to plan, when you're going to shop, when you're going to prep and take you through how to set up your prep and all that. And then, you know, you can make it even easier by adding in the membership there because then you already have recipes to plug in each week. Mm -hmm. So I walk you through that. And then you get follow-up support with me with the audit for a month after that. So you can reach out and ask questions or say, Stephanie, this is working, but this isn't, and we can tweak it. So those are the meal plan audits. And I have the free email course. I don't know if we're going to talk about that, but I also have the free email course. Yeah. Talk us through that. So if somebody wanted to dip their toes in and they grabbed the free email course, what would happen there? Okay, so meal prep magic is my free email course. And that is a great way, as you said, to dip your toes in because you get worksheets, templates, and videos teaching you how to make a meal plan routine and a meal plan that works for you instead of makes more work for you. And it Mm -hmm. takes you through these steps that I've been talking about in a very methodical way. And you can do it at your own pace. So it's a series of, I believe it's six emails. So you could do it over the course of six days. You could do it over two months, whatever works for you to put it into action. I love that. That totally makes sense. So if people want to dip their toes and get that next level of help, getting your free mini course sounds like the next right step. If you know that you need recipe help, then you need to join me in Batch Cooking Club. If you are ready (laughs) to just offload this whole concept and just take some of that mental load off, then you are ready for meal plan audit, get that VIP one-on-one help. So you can start getting your schedule in order. So you could be rotating these recipes, etc. Stephanie's your girl. She's got you Aww, no matter which way you, you are. Awesome. <laughs> well, if you're ready, we have a couple of rapid fire questions to get okay. to. Ready? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> First, what is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive besides what you just told us with your meal prep? So I actually have a new thing that I've been doing. So I have a morning routine where I have a system of things where I meditate, I exercise, I journal. I have this whole system I do, right? And I usually read something inspirational, but I've been doing this new thing that has worked wonders for helping me do exactly what you just said. I don't know if anybody's read Julia Cameron's The Artist Way. She talks about morning pages. And basically you free write for three pages front and back, however long that takes you. Or you could set a timer and just say, okay, I'm going to free write for five minutes, right? Whatever comes in your mind, you just write. And for me, it could be like, I don't even realize that I have something on my mind and it starts to come out. And before I know it, the answer is totally mapped out for me, or it becomes so clear and it helps me stay present. And it's really helped me tune into my intuition, which is something I'm really trying to do better at is block out all the noise and doubt and imposter syndrome and really tune into that inside voice. And it has really helped me stay present and focused in that space. So I highly recommend morning pages. It's been the best decision ever. <laughs> I love that. I will definitely link that in the show notes and I'm going to go check it out. Okay. So tell me what is the number one essential support that you have that you could not live without? So I have two for this. Number one, I would say it's my parents because <laughs> since I had kids, I literally could not do what I do without this sport. I have an amazing husband who is super involved But when my kids were little, he was traveling a lot. He worked in an advertising agency. And because of them, I've always been able to have the career and now be a mompreneur. But the second thing you might laugh at that I would say is my Peloton Mm -hmm. as a mompreneur. 
I needed that physical outlet. That Peloton, I can do everything on it because they don't just have cycling classes. They've got strength and yoga and Pilates and all this stuff, meditation, and you can do it on the go. And so for me, it's part of my morning routine. It's part of my Mm self-care. And I know it sounds weird, but the trainers, they are literally inspirational coaches that get me in my business mindset, that mindset of I can do everything and don't give up. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. And it really gets you like, yeah, I got this, you know? Um, So I say my Peloton. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. I've never heard somebody talk about it like that. I don't have one, but I know a lot of people have gotten them and are all about them and all of that, but I've never heard that side of it. That sounds (laughs) extra helpful for us mom entrepreneurs who have everything going on. All right. So let's move into what you just mentioned now, which is self-care. Can you share with us what your go-to self-care routine is? Yeah. So I plan my self-care. So I will look at my week and I'll add in something a little extra. So for example, it could be like, I'm going to give myself a foot massage tonight with this special oil or cream that I got, or it could be, I'm going to do a little mini facial for myself. Mm -hmm. And so my weekly routine is to schedule those things. And I tune in and go, what do I need? It could be, I need to go put my feet in the sand and sit at the beach for 10 minutes today, or this week, I really want to connect with a spiritual podcast. And so I might put time to do that. So I really try to tune into what I need and plug it in into my week somewhere. I love it. It's like what you mentioned for your first answer, that intuition is what you're really working on. And it sounds like you're obviously practicing what you're preaching. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. One last question for you. Tell me your most stereotypical mompreneur moment story. (laughs) Think kids running through a zoom call with underwear on their heads. Tell (laughs) us what you have, whether it was from when you first started your business or were freelancing or up until now when you have slightly older kids. I have so many from this pandemic of those moments. So many. So the one that I wanted to share was I used to do these live cooking classes in my house, showcasing one of the recipes from Batch Cooking Club every week. Uh So we would be in my kitchen setting this all up and my kids were all home doing school, right? Mm -hmm. My son is on his laptop trying to log in for school and he's like, mom, I can't get into the link. And I'm like literally about to go live. And he's falling apart, like literally falling apart. The anxiety is, and I'm just like, oh my God, of all the times, you know, I go live once a week. It's 20 minutes of my life. It's not like it's a big commitment Mm -hmm. and the whole world is falling apart up here. Trying to troubleshoot. Why is his internet working? We're fine. You're going to use my computer. It's like you become the IT specialist and all of this stuff. It all worked out though. I remember having to shift because it was so weird. It was working for me and not for him. Anyway, I got it all done. I got it done. That's so funny. I've said in a previous episode, it's like, you can never have the entrepreneur. You have to always have the mom and the entrepreneur. Like we're never really getting a a separated moment. That's why we are mompreneurs. We're the the mesh of the two, because we're always juggling both things. And hopefully we're doing it with as much grace for ourselves and ease as we can, but it's (laughs) it's always something. There's always something going on, isn't there? (laughs) There definitely is. (laughs) Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. I know I loved hearing everything, even though I'm already a member of your community. I keep (laughs) learning more and more from you every day. I cannot wait for everybody else to get to check out what you do. You can find all of those things, all of the books we mentioned, everything that you need is in the show notes. I so appreciate you being here and I hope that everybody can check you out soon. Thanks, Megan. 
Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Want more? Head to themompreneurguy.com to grab my personal framework for living a present and productive life and to hear my real-time ahas on Telegram. See you next time.